welcome to the Innovate CT Podcast. This is Nick Wagner, and this is episode eight of the Innovate CT Podcast. And I'm super excited that I get to interview Asta for Scotty Robinson. You know, I think uh, I've followed Asta on Twitter and LinkedIn, I would say probably since last year, Asta. And, you know, according to your LinkedIn, I love this. You call yourself a passionate creative and an exploratory technologist which I think is pretty cool. And I'm assuming <laughs> most people you talk to agree. So I want, I'll pause there. and I'd love for you to tell the audience you know, who you are and what does that title mean? And how did you get that title? <laughs> sure. Um, so I love coming up with new ideas and creating awesome things and then learning whatever I need to learn to make that happen. And I also learned that I could build a whole community around that and help other folks do the same thing and learn new things. Um, so I have about um, 10 years of technology experience um, that sometimes helps build those ideas. And sometimes it's something more creative, like writing a song or doing some art or creating something with a 3D printer. It's a bunch of different things to create an idea. Um, lately, I've been going to a lot of hackathons to share knowledge with other folks on how to create a hardware creation and then write some software with that hardware, as well as te teaching hardware workshops um, where folks can have no prior experience and come learn how to create their own fashion um, with technology embedded or their own um, apps for Alexa or a bunch of different things in that realm really just trying to bring um, technology to new people who may not have worked with it before. So, so super cool. And when I launched my podcast, I remember you contacted me and said you were interested in being on it. And I said, awesome. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll absolutely take you up on that offer. Mm -hmm. And then it was really, I think recently uh, at Upward Hartford, I saw a post, I believe it was on LinkedIn or Twitter, or maybe both about a class you taught. And that's mm -hmm. when I, I reached out again and said, I'd love, I'd love you to join the podcast and, and talk a little bit about this because, as you know, my goal with Innovate Connecticut is to promote innovation in Connecticut, Connecticut schools and colleges and universities. But I think the interesting piece is you're a technologist. You're not a teacher by, by profession. Mm -hmm. However, you love teaching people, you know, tech, technology, uh, how to be innovative and how to build things. So I thought, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of I think synergies between what you're doing and what I wanted to do. So I thought, who better to be on on the on the podcast? So, uh, so if you if you don't mind, uh, you mentioned you have an extensive tech background. Before we dive into what you did at Upper Hartford and some more some of these codeathons and hackathons that you've participated in, I know you've shared a lot of that online. How did you get into being a technologist? Uh, did it start at a young age? Did it happen? in high school and college. I want to hear a little bit about that. Sure. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to create my own computer games. Um, so I taught myself how to code over a summer in middle school, um, but I never really realized it was a job. Um, so it wasn't until it was about time for me to go to college and um, I ended up getting a job with the University of Albany while I was in high school building their websites. And at that time, that's when I was like, oh, wow, I can really get paid to do this. Um, so for me, tech was always just like one means to solve a problem. Um, and I went to school for IT um, and did a lot more schooling after that in various types of IT and education and data science. 
and then, then really saw like, oh, there's a lot of opportunity in that space and can come up with ideas and sometimes create them with tech and sometimes create them with other means. And so you wanted to build your own computer games. Did you have, did you have a role model or a mentor that you looked up to from a tech perspective that helped you follow this passion and pursue this passion? Or was this something you really went out on your own and just through research figured it all out? Um, my father always made sure we had computers in the house to build. Um, and my mom was really big into here's a way that with whatever you have, you can solve the problem or create the idea that you want. That really came from her. Um, after that, it wasn't really like when I was young that I really saw someone doing the job in IT. That's really why I didn't really know it was a job. Um, after I was already in um, college, I saw, oh, I had several mentors like point me in the right direction. And even now I have that all the time and I'm super grateful and like forever thankful for that. And that's why I'm actually so passionate now about teaching and about helping other folks because I've been incredibly fortunate to get that kind of uh, guidance and mentorship and teaching from folks along the way. And I just feel like you have to give that back. Well, I mean, it's, it's awesome that you're paying it forward and you might not look at yourself as a role model for, you know, for younger females, but you absolutely are because as you mentioned, you have, you know, 10 plus years in the tech industry and you do all these really cool things outside of, outside of your profession to promote technology and help, help teach people. And, one thing that and I'm sure you've heard this many times is we need more females in tech. I think that's just reality. We need more uh, women starting out at a younger age, getting involved and realizing this is something that they can do. And I think having people like yourself show people, show, you know, younger, younger females, what can be done is, is awesome. Thanks. So why don't we, so th thanks for sharing how you kind of got into it. Cause I always find that interesting on how, it's interesting where people get their passion from and how it grows over the years. So that, mm -hmm. I appreciate you kind of sharing that. So as far as the, the codathons and hackathons you do and what you just taught at Upward Hartford, how did, how did that start? So I, I guess my question is that's outside of your, your work, your work life. How did you get into going to a codathon or going to a hackathon and, and doing all these things? Sure. Um, the very first truly called hackathon I ever went to was Startup Weekend in Hartford. And I went because I actually wanted to get more public speaking experience um, because at the time I was super shy. And so I was trying to meet different people and just figure out what it was. And I went and it was a 54-hour hackathon. And we spent like all weekend up all night like building things. And I realized, wow, like these are my people. Um, I really, really enjoy this. Um, so then I went kind of on a kick and went to a whole bunch of hackathons and learned like a bunch of new technologies as well as meeting and building a network of new people to work with and realized that I could like try and fail at things in a very short period of time in a hackathon. And like, so what if it went horribly wrong and it was a bad idea? Like it was only like 24, 48 hours, sometimes 54 hours worth of time uh, left behind. Um, so at that point it really got like the, entrepreneurship bug and like trying to build like a bunch of different products as well as 
building little startup companies to like try new ideas. Um, and it really gave me that way to come up with new ideas and meet new people and figure out how to make them happen and make them a real thing. Yeah, the idea of rapid prototyping at, at a codathon or a hackathon is is really what it's all about. So I think that's a great point. And <laughs> with more and more companies, not just tech companies anymore, but name the company, moving to the whole idea of agile and moving away from waterfall software development, it really I think there's a lot of synergies with what you learned at a hackathon and codathon. So I think that's a great example. <laughs> so do you think I want to ask you this? Do, do you think that your experiences in hackathons and codathons have helped you in your your day job in the tech world? Oh, for sure. Um, it, both the getting used to talking with many different types of folks, explaining things in a very easy manner such that anyone of any different type of background could understand, as well as like the very quick trying and failing at things and being comfortable like talking very candidly that something's not going okay and you need to change it very quickly because you just don't have the time to let it fester. Those are all sorts of things that definitely help like that are all totally outside, like picking up the technical skill pieces, which you of course pick up as well. Yeah. And and I find it fascinating that you, your, your journey with hackathons and codathons started to become a better public speaker. And I just think that, I think that's very unique because I think most people would not think of that when they think of it as the main thing they, they're going to learn. But I think it's a great point because for those of you that are, that are listening that haven't been to a hackathon or codathon, I say, number one, awesome experience, go try it. And number two, the way they usually work is at the end, there's some sort of pitch you have to do or presentation on what, what you built in, in your, to your point, 24, 48 hours, 54 hours, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And in such a compressed amount of time, Absolutely. It, it, it makes it a challenge to put together a, a coherent presentation that then is, is really, I think, uh, easy to deliver. So I, that's, I, think, I never really thought of that, but it's a great idea to help get public speaking skills. Yeah, there's a huge opportunity for that, as well as now mentoring other people. Um, so now when I go to hackathons, it's not only to just like build something, but it's also to actively mentor side by side along someone else who may not have as much experience. So I typically end up teaming up with students and folks who are just trying to learn something new because that's a perfect way to do like a really active mentorship like through to uh, completion in a very short period of time. And several folks I've worked with have kind of left the hackathon going, wow, this is so much fun. Like I'd love to go back in. And then I run into them later at other hackathons, which is super fun to see and see like people grow over time as well. And, and I think that and that's another fantastic point. When people typically think of mentoring, I think most people think of that traditional mentor mentee relationship where maybe you set up a monthly call or a monthly in-person meeting. The mentee comes to the mentor and, and has, says, hey, I have a question about X or, or Y, and they get some advice. This is a completely different type of mentoring, but I think to your point, more active mentoring uh, is, is is probably really effective. Mm-hmm. And I think from a technical perspective, it probably helps grow people quickly. And I think to to your to what you said, you have 10 plus years of experience in the tech world. You may be working with a student who's literally getting their computer science degree in college at that time. They must be like just so grateful to have someone like you say next to them saying, 
well, hey, did you think about this or that or, or think of it doing this way? So that's really cool. And I'm so grateful to sit and work with them because they also bring fresh perspective and also challenge like what you're thinking as well. And I tell folks, regardless of background, like you always have something to contribute when you're sitting down around the table and just all around, like the whole team just gets so much out of that type of experience. No, ab- absolutely. I'm, I'm really glad you shared that because I think that's a really great point. So I want to I want to talk talk a little bit about what you just did a, a just I think just a few days ago at Upward Hartford. So, like I said, that was kind of um, I saw that post and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I, I you know I want to connect with you again. So if you could share with our listeners, and again, most of the people listening to this are from Connecticut. But if you want to share a little bit about what is Upward Hartford, and then what 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 uh, did you run? What sort of event did you run there? Sure. Um, Upward Hartford is a really amazing co-working space in downtown Hartford. They are doing a number of different workshop series. And the one workshop series that I'm working on them with is no experience required. Um, And we're really trying to say no prior experience in anything related to hardware or software. Just come to the workshop and I'll help you through with learning whatever um, you need to in order to make an end product or idea that you have. Um, So the first workshop that I did was on wearables. So how you could do your own fashion design with technology lights and sensors all embedded Um, And folks were mostly working with lights, creating like stuffed animals that light up or a shirt that lights up um, with different patterns on your sleeves and things like that. Um, The next workshop we're doing is the end of July. Um, It will also be related to wearables. We'll do like a 2.0 such that you could detect acceleration or temperature or even the amount of sunlight that's outside and make your clothing or accessories behave appropriately in reaction to those inputs. Um, So like I mentioned, no prior experience required. Anyone of any background can come to that. That that seems very interesting. And what did the people uh, that attended think of the the session? And my other question is, what was the like? What was the demographic of the people who went? Was it mostly students and younger folks? Was it a mix? What what did that look like? It was a mix. Um, so some of the folks are regulars at many different events that they have there at Upward. Um, some of the folks came. They said they had some technology background but not in hardware that we were looking at. Um, And some folks came that just no experience at all, um, students, and they just wanted to try it out. Um, So some of the folks created um, like chains of lights. They're super popular. You can make like hundreds of different lights light up in different types of patterns. Um, So there are some parents working with uh, children and trying to create a stuffed animal lighting up and um, other parent-child combos that were looking at um, lighting up a headband. Um, So it was just a bunch of different projects that they had going on. That's, that's very cool. And if uh, I think for all the listeners out there, I will try to put information uh, in the show notes about the next event, if you have it already. Otherwise, I'll just link to Upward Hartford's website so people can be on the lookout for that to check out when the next event is because I think that uh, it sounds like uh, the next the next version will be even will be even cooler than the first one. So that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's open to um, folks of all ages as we talk about that. Um, the youngest children I usually have come are around five. Um, wow. If you're, yeah, if you're 
if your kids are quite attentive and very into um, working with technology, um, it's great if you have a parent-child combo to come work in the workshop, um, or even just anyone of any age, um, any background can come. Yeah, no, that's that's super cool. Now, as we talked earlier, you're not you're not a teacher by profession; you're a <laughs> tech person. Did you come up with this curriculum all on your own? And, and if so, how did you do that? Um, so I went to school for a while um, in educational technology. Um, so I've had some formal teaching in that space, but you're correct. I don't um, teach as a as my day job. Um, the the curricula behind the builds I did put together myself. Um, it's based off of trying to scaffold an experience for different levels of um, levels of prior knowledge, um, and trying to make things very simple. Um, so I've referenced several places and several code examples that are available um, open source. Um, but beyond that, it's a lot of just a, a guide to get folks started and then a lot of walking around the room in person and helping scaffold the experience depending upon the background of the person who's there. Well, I just want to say thank you because and you've probably seen, I, I call Connecticut the state of innovation. And we can't call it that without people like yourself doing these really cool things for the community uh, to, to, again, I think spread innovation and education across the state. So thanks for what you're doing. I think that's awesome. And I look forward to hearing about the next one. And if I'm available, I might, I might take up on your offer to bring one of my kids to that and, and see if they, they would uh, find it fun. So thank you. Yeah. Come on down. I think y'all have a great time. So thank wanna, you. No, it's just awesome. I, just, I always like to thank, thank our guests for all this great stuff they're doing for the state. So I want to, I want to uh, end on one, one final question. So if you could give advice to, say, a, a middle school or a high school female that might be thinking about getting into technology or STEM in, in this field, what would the advice be for them? To try anything and not to be afraid of failing at it. And that even though something looks complicated or might seem a little bit scary, try it anyway. The most common thing that I see in working with hardware is folks being afraid that they're going to break something or be negatively penalized for something going wrong. And the, it, the faster folks can learn that it's not a big deal, just try something, you don't need to ask permission, like just go for it, the better off they are over time. So I'd give that advice to young women trying to get started here. I'd also give that advice to young men trying to get started as well. No, I think I think that's fantastic, and I think to your point, it it it's it's about testing and learning and being agile and iterating and just trying things. To your point, and just mm -hmm. see what works, see what doesn't work, learn from it, and keep going. And I think to your point, that's why the codathons and hackathons are such a powerful experience for people because they might not have that, they might not feel like they can fail like that at work, but they can fail like that at an event like that. So I think that's a great point. So. Well, I just want to say, again, thank you for making time to be on the Innovate CT podcast. I think it's great uh, how you're such an integral part of the community uh, here in Connecticut. And I look forward to seeing more events from you. And we'll have to check in uh, maybe later this year after you've done who knows how many more hackathons <laughs> you've attended. So we can hear a little bit more about that and other, other projects you're working on. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll talk soon. If you would like to get involved with Innovate CT, please visit our website at www.innovatect.org. There, you can find links to our social media. We currently are active on Twitter, 
Facebook, and Instagram, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.